forgiveness, forgiveness is more than saying sorry. Lo siento. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hello, everyone, <laughs> and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. Hello. The podcast where myself, Renee Sanchez, and my buddy, Max Lyon. Max Lyon. <laughs> we watch <laughs> rom-coms and then immediately start reviewing them on software that records our voices. Yeah, today we finally have uh, upgraded to two microphones. Two so, microphones. Ladies and gentlemen, you are a part of something beautiful and new, and uh, we're exploring this new frontier together. Yeah, hopefully it's not too loud. It's probably awful. But then again, the last two episodes, sound quality has been awful. So we're I mean, okay. They just felt like there was too much space between our voices and your ear holes. Yeah. And so we wanted to we close w- that space. We want to be closer. We wanted to, to be closer to you. In the spirit of rom-coms, yes. we want to be very, very intimate with you all. I want to get rid of the space between <laughs> our voices and your eardrums. So yes. today... I, I've been drinking. We've been drinking. <laughs> today we'll be uh, discussing the wonderful movie. The movie. <laughs> Just Friends. Just Friends. Friends is a movie film that was released in 2005 around the holiday season. So we're still in the holidays here with our movie choices. Last week, of course, was Love Actually. So now this week, watching Just Friends, which centers around Christmas, although the climactic scene happens on New Year's Eve. So therefore, ergo, we went ahead with it. And before we get too much further into the movie itself, Renee, how was your Christmas? Uh, It was solid. My Christmas was full of me playing video games because I worked on Christmas Eve and I worked the day after Christmas. But here we are. I had Friday off, so, you know. You take take the good, you take the bad, you take it all, and there you have (laughs) the facts of life. (laughs) The facts of life. How about you? How was your Christmas? It was good. It was good. It was the first year I didn't go back to the West Coast for Christmas. Okay. Um... Well, I mean, didn't go back home to the West Coast or didn't stay here because of some other reason, like, uh, you know, going to a girlfriend's family's place or Mm -hmm. something like that. This is the first time I just spent Christmas here at my home and just enjoyed it like a fucking grown up. Well, you went and hung out with a, a mutual friend who we hung out with on Thanksgiving. I did. Then I went up to yeah, I went up to Racine, Wisconsin for dinner, and uh, it was it was nice. It was yeah. good. It was a nice little uh, grown up Christmas. It was kind of nice. It was different. <laughs> Shout out to Chris if he ever listens to this. I'd yeah, he yeah. won't because I prepped him over the actually over over the dinner. He's like, yeah. So uh, Kenzie, to, uh, his his wife. Yeah. If you guys don't know, because um, <laughs> nobody knows, we, we nobody knows, <laughs> nobody knows Chris, nobody knows Kenzie, so no. Uh, you see how my voice, or my laugh sounded a little less in the mic. That's because I pulled the mic away from my mouth, so you can still hear the laugh, you can still enjoy the laugh, 
but it's also not so intrusive. What are we doing? An intro to podcasting for people too? Well, I'm this? just I want I want to make sure people know that we're actually trying. Well, of we're course we're trying. trying. We're making There's a podcast here. There is effort here. We're trying. We are trying. I'm now. I'm. Holding the microphone upside down. Yeah. We're at that point already. You look like a boxing re-announcer. And in this corner. And in this corner. The world's champion of the world. We have Renee Sanchez. Definitely not a welterweight. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, But yeah, Kenzie. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I I was like, um, uh, I don't even remember how it came up, but he was asking, he asked something that prompted me to volunteer the information. I said, oh, Renee and I hung out and, and recorded a podcast because we started a podcast. And he chuckled and he's like, yeah, Kenzie mentioned that. She was showing me the pictures from Instagram and everything. And and uh, she showed me like a screenshot of, of like you re- of you like holding up signs from Love Actually. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, Which I we put on the social uh, on, Instagram, on Instagram, on yes. Twitter. Yeah. Um, so he found the YouTube video that we mentioned in Love Actually. And, and I he, instantly regretted it. Yeah. It, he had hair at the time and it was quite lovely. It was, I, it was luxurious. I enjoyed it. It, it was, was luxurious. <laughs> the hair, not the not the video. The video is not but luxurious I mean, at all. Both. Yeah. both. I mean, so. But he was, even Chris volunteered. He's like, you want to, you want to like put on an episode while we're here? Like. We all sit down and listen to it after dinner. I'm like, no, no I don't know. No. I don't want to torture your family. This is not a Christmas night thing. And maybe after we've been drinking a lot <laughs> and none of us remember anything, then we can put it on. Uh, but we did not. Yeah. That's about right. So who knows? Maybe they will actually listen to this. <laughs> and if they do, now they have an even more invested reason to because now they are an active, uh, you know, name dropping participant. Uh, and a shout out. And a shout out. There you go. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yes. So we watched Just Friends. And what I like to do before we even get into like the, the facts and figures and soon the tasty tidbits, <laughs> I like to do a little... You know, like a little first thought that comes to mind when you think about the movie. I just feel like whenever I think of, like myself, when I think of a movie or I think of a song or I think of something, a thought in my life, like something I associate it with comes to mind. So I always like to know what Max's is and then I like to share mine as well. So Max, what is the first thing that you associate with this movie? Like the first memory that you associate with this movie? This is is going off of like the first... First memory you have of watching this movie kind yeah. of thing? Okay. It could be the first time you actually watched it, or it could just be the first thing you can remember. Well, it, it took me a bit, but I did actually, while I was watching it, remember I th- what I think was the first time I watched the movie. It was with my college roommate, Chris. Hey. Yeah, a different Chris. A different Chris, yes. Um, and we were both going through a bunch of shit at the time. I, I don't... Uh, the two years we lived together, we were always going through shit. So yeah, I have no idea what it was, but I do remember uh, he owned it and I'd never seen it. Oh, and so he, okay. he was like, dude, we should watch this. It's, it's around the holidays. I think it was in, it was in December. It was before Christmas. And he's like, let's throw this on. So we watch it. And 
I was laughing my ass off the whole time. And then he and I had like a four hour long conversation afterwards about like everything about like relationships and shit. We had, oh, wow. we had the talk. Okay. Like we had the, this talk. movie brought out the talk and we bonded like nuts. It was pretty cool. And I don't know how I forgot about that, but I just like how you said bonded. Like but that nuts. was the ultimate bromancing right there. Like that brought out the ultimate bromancing That's moment. Solid. That's solid. Good bonding. Yeah, that. it was totally good. And then from then on out, we would always watch like either rom-coms or like comedies together when we were like down in the dumps or like, I don't know, wh- whatever. Wanted to talk through something or whatever. We'd, we'd throw something like that on. Or whenever you needed forgiveness. Forgiveness. <laughs> Did you know that it's more than saying sorry? It is. Sorry. So what is your first memory or your first thought about the movie? Well, I teased this at the end of the last podcast. Uh, there is a story that I immediately associate to this movie. And it is of the first time I watched it because I watched it in theaters. So Damn. I know. It came out in, two, in the... November of 2005, I believe. So, uh, at the time, I'm a senior in high school, and there's, uh, like, a separate area where our I was the student body president of my high school senior year. You were the student body president of your own high school senior year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're popular as fuck. Yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> Times have changed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're now we're just recording podcasts solo. How the mighty hath fallen. Yeah. Uh so um there was leadership class and right next to leadership class was this like art class. So, like there was just and the leadership class was taught by uh the media teacher at my school. I'm not gonna mention his name because he's a fuck face. Fuck that guy forever. Oh, I do remember that. I, we, I do we've remember. Talked about yeah, it. we have talked about I it. I think the oh same night, God, the same yeah. drunken night that we came up with. Wait, like is this, this that whole story? No. Okay, good. Just fuck that guy. Anyway, um, this, this is a reason to DM Renee. <laughs> if you want the, if you, <laughs> if want you the actually went to high school with me, I'll tell you his name, and then you'll you'll immediately agree. Anyway, so, but right next to it was an art class, and there was a girl that I didn't really know but like like a like a who like a friend of a friend of a friend or something who would like randomly just came up and said hey and like started talking to me before class so then it became like there's this little like walk like wheelchair ramp walkway to Mm -hmm. class and then like it was the art room door and then the media door so like okay. the doors are right next to each other. So I would walk down this ramp and then she'd just like be like standing there like and she'd say like, hey, what's up? Um, yeah. So I became friends with Stacy Carter. That's her name. But she won't listen to this. You got to stop name dropping. I, like, honestly, I don't know where she is. I'm not friends with her. Well, you're about to find out when she listens yeah. to this. If she somehow finds and she episode, DMs you and says, yeah. the fuck, man. Uh, it's not going to be like that. Um, but so she and I became friends randomly. I just out of nowhere just was like a random thing that happened. Um so then there's always jokes in leadership class where like, oh, you were talking to Stacy, you know, yada, yada, blah, blah. And I'm just like, oh, I mean, she and I, are, I, I don't know. I was just talking to her, whatever. I, I like I 
was oblivious to everything. I'm just like, oh, I'm just talking to this girl, whatever. It's nothing. Um, Ain't no thing. You know. I, now, granted, I was a bigger guy. I'm always, I've always been a bigger guy. I'm a bigger guy currently. So I never thought girls were into me. Like that, well, that's still the case. But like, it was also the case in high school. So I'm like, so what? She's talking to me. Like, whatever. It's, we're just, I guess we're just friends. Like, she's, she wouldn't be into me anyway. So whatever. Um, so like, there's, you know, fast forward to like, what I actually went to her house after school once when her parents were gone. But she and I like just hung out and chatted. Did you sign her yearbook? No. But uh, it was like it was before a football game. And there was like a few hours on a Friday. And so I actually hung out at her house before a football game and nothing happened. But she like mentioned how she had like a hot tub and she showed me her room. And but okay, you mentioned not knowing where she is right now. <laughs> like I need to <laughs> I need to ask the important question. <laughs> like why don't you know that like you need to know this like you need to find this girl this is your jamie palomino this is hold on all right uh, hold on i'm jumping ahead so so (laughs) i was but like finally like after like hanging out there then it was just like oh hey we should go see a movie sometime all right yeah let's go see a movie what movie should we go see there wasn't really anything out that like looked good but then there was this movie that just come out just friends so I took this girl that I was oblivious to the possible crush she may have had on me. I'll never know. I took her to go see Just Friends. So you chose this movie. Yes. To, okay. So. Oh, boy. And we oh watched the movie. And then, yeah. And then at the end, like, she gave yeah, me a hug. message, yeah. Yeah, she gave me a hug. And I was going to walk her to her car. She's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Like, I don't want you to go out of your way to walk me to my car. Like, we're fine. I'll just hug you here. And she insists on hugging there, which I thought was, like, at the exit door, which I thought was weird. And then. Was it cold out? No. It was just like a Oregon fall day. So it was like in the 50s. Oh, yeah. This is Oregon. It's yeah. Like cold in the so. And then, like, she and I, like, knew each other and stayed friends. But then, you know, after graduation, just lost contact and. Yeah, so so she I, wanted she probably wanted to bone down. Bone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so you were not picking up what she put down. Yeah, and that then I took to me to summarizes see, high school slash college. And so. I took her to go see Jess Reds, and then it flated away. Flated. It faded. I said faded. So yeah, that was my immediate memory that came up after That's I a, thought about that this. Is, that is scripted. I that know. is very good. I know. That's why I said I had a good time That's for this because I felt like it was going to segue pretty well into the discussion of this. Movie. Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, and that gives you a. That's not even, that is a microcosm of my luck in relationships and romance um, yeah in that's that, like 95 percent of people's relationships in that there really isn't any luck 
or anything. Just put down the mic and go get I, wine. I, Just go put down the mic and go get wine. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go into the stats. So but if I put it down, it's going to make a noise. I know. It, I, that's why I'm preparing everyone saying put it down so you can go get the wine. But now I'm like actually choosing wine over our listeners. They understand, and it's literally two seconds. Guys, if you were here right now, I would buy you a bottle of wine each. I'm the drunk one right now. You're the one who's like, get one glass of wine. A really cheap bottle of wine. (laughs) But a bottle of wine nonetheless. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, anyway, so (laughs) we'll go into the the Wikipedia overview of Just Friends. I, I feel like there's a... There's a clever title for this part, but I can't think of one. Still haven't. Wait for it. Maybe someday. Anyway, so Just Friends, as we've mentioned, it is an American Christmas comedy film. It is directed by Roger Cumble. Yep, that's a name. Uh, and written by Roger Adam Cumble. Tex Davis. The simple last name is Adam Davis. I understand why you have people call you Tex. It was released in 2005. Was he born in Texas? Uh, I'm assuming. Oh, that's interesting. It was produced. One of the producers' name is Chris Bender. Like Chris Brander. I know. It's very close. That's why I mentioned it. Yes. So one of the producers may have been the, you know, the inspiring Hmm. character. Anyway. It only had one writer. You would think with a movie this broad and somewhat disjointed that there had been multiple writers, but nope, just one. Uh, and it was starring Ryan Reynolds, Amy Smart, Anna Ferris, Chris Klein, and Christopher Marquette gets on. Who's there. Christopher Marquette? He played Mike, the younger brother. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, and then it's distributed by New Line Cinema, released November 23rd, 2005. It's a running time. Hundred no wait, ninety two minutes. Oh, ninety four minutes. Damn it! But that is more like it. God damn it! That is way more, more like, like it. it. That was so much more palatable to watch. Yes. Is, like, that is that is the fucking running time it's supposed to be. And you know what? They developed a past, present, future all in the same movie. Like they gave us the background. They gave us character development. They gave us. A little bit of everything, and you only needed an hour and a half. Yeah, like, if anything, and I mean, we'll discuss it a little more. Like, I can't think of anything to take out of it. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's not necessarily saying everything is great, but everything is necessary for the story. Exactly. There's I mean, nothing unnecessary. Granted, the last movie we reviewed was Love Actually, and it was multiple storylines. How many did you say? Nine? Uh, nine that mattered. Yeah, and it was taken down from what fourteen. Yeah. So granted, it's going to be a little, little bit longer. <laughs> a little bit longer. A little, bit. little, yeah. So. So. Uh, and then, uh, how much did it make in the box office? I don't have the budget, so I don't know if it made a profit or not. <laughs> uh, doesn't show the budget at all. But how much did it make um, in the box office? I would say. 
116 million. <laughs> no. <laughs> what was it? $50,900,000. Jesus. That's about where a movie like this would be. Yeah, like all right. the fact that it got to over 50 including both international and domestic box offices is about right for a movie like this. Its budget was pretty low, I would imagine. I'm assuming so. Uh, the film was film or <laughs> the film was filmed uh, in Regina and Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, along with LA. Stop taking my tasty tidbits. <laughs> <laughs> I will not go into any more of that because you've got tasty tidbits. Uh, so that that's the general tasty overview. Tidbits. And as we just talked about, Max has some tasty tidbits for us. So Thank I'm you, very excited. We are really running with that, aren't we? We are running with that. This is a thing. I'm stoked. It's not even unique. What do you mean? It is. No one's no one's dropping tasty tidbits out in this world. Except my buddy Max. Tasty That's who. tidbits. Tasty tidbits. Alright. So, some tasty tidbits. Some things you didn't know about this movie. So, every episode I'm thinking, uh, the last episode we did, uh, Love Actually, and was the first time, granted it was only the second episode, so... Can't really claim it was. And the first time you did Tasty Tidbits. Well, I was going to say it's the first time I did Tasty Tidbits. But yep. um, uh, yeah, I like the investigative side a little bit. So yeah. um, this time I didn't have this as much is, time to. This is the closest we'll get to serial at this podcast, guys. So just. As close we'll get to what? This uh, serial, you know, the podcast serial. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 That was a okay. joke. Anyway. Well, I spent. <laughs> I spent so much time just trying to figure out the fucking two mic software that I did not like my my notes for this are a goddamn dumpster fire. Like <laughs> it's so we're gonna have fun. Uh, I like it. I like it. It's gonna I like be an it. adventure. We're gonna go through this together. Uh, okay, so it as Renee mentioned, it was shot in Saskatchewan. Yes. Uh, in the freezing cold, it's all real snow. Uh, Flights for the actors actually couldn't land. That doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, it took much longer than expected to uh, get through all the filming simply by getting because of getting the equipment and the uh, personnel there. That doesn't surprise me at all. So, so Saskatchewan like, is not a good place to film movies. So that, at least in the winter. Okay, so that's an interesting. That really makes me think about the budget of this movie. Like, we don't know what the budget was. I'm sure if we, like, looked it up and, like, really looked, we could probably find an estimate. But that's interesting for the... Like, how many tax breaks must Saskatchewan have given in order to film there? Because you could film in Toronto and get shit there real easy. You could film in Vancouver, British Columbia, which which is a lot closer to L.A. than Saskatchewan. But it doesn't have that... uh it doesn't have the New New Jersey. Oh, I mean, you can find a suburb pretty easy in Canada. True. You can find a suburb that's that can give you something. But not Vancouver. In Vancouver, yeah, you it can. doesn't have the same climate as New Jersey. No. Uh, in All the, that in the dead of winter, it's it's snow. Whatever. It's not snow. It's Pacific Northwest. Come on, you remember Seattle and Portland in the winter? There's barely any snow, if any, at all. It's Canada. 
Yeah, but that it's still not even good at Toronto. Whatever. Yeah, Toronto, fucking Ontario, Montreal. Montreal, Yeah, yeah, like right across the Great. Although Montreal would also have like French signs that you'd have to. Chicago, we're right here. Let's go. I mean, but then you have to like hope for snow, or you know, you end up with a sixty-degree Christmas day like we had. That was phenomenal. That was something we didn't talk about. Yeah, it was sixty degrees. It was sixty degrees in Chicago on Christmas Day this year. It was amazing. Twenty nineteen. That's just. People were taking lakefront walks and windbreakers. It was amazing. Yeah. It was dope. I didn't do anything outside, but it was dope. But, you I know. I didn't have my heater on, and I wasn't running my freaking electricity bill up, so <laughs> I was pretty stoked about that. I cannot believe that your building actually converted from... A central gas heating gas, system. Like a boiler was system. included with my rent to, to electric, electric heaters that do not heat a fucking thing. And so I've had to buy my own electric space heater in order to actually heat my apartment during the winter. I understand. It's the only thing that's wrong with that place. Everything else is fantastic. It's the only thing that's wrong with that place. I understand the concept behind that, like the thinking behind it. Like, okay, we don't want to pay the utility for everyone's heating anymore. Yes. So we're going to give them electricity and they can heat and cool the place on their own and pay the utilities. The amount of money that must have gone into renovating the place to switch over to that system is still probably more than you're they're ever going to save on utilities. So you used the incorrect word renovate. This wasn't a renovation. This is literally they took out two old like Boilers. radiator hitters with like the arches. They just literally pulled them out the yeah, wall. Yeah, but you're looking they didn't at even it, cover yeah. the they didn't even cover the holes. They didn't even cover the piping. Like you can see the piping still kind of stick out a little bit from the wall. So there's holes in the wall like on the bottom. They just took the two radiator heaters out, put two electric electric wall heaters on the wall, like mounted them and then bounced the fuck out of my apartment. So they just had to do that for all their apartments, but at the same time, they didn't like renovate and like change like the structural integrity of the apartment or anything like that they just literally took two heaters out put two heaters in right but the things that are fueling those radiators down in the i assume basement furnace whatever yeah they're boilers and they have to actually i guess for lack of a better term winterize those boilers permanently yeah and either remove them completely or completely you know, close off the entire system so yeah. that they don't become a hazard in the future. True. And all that stuff. And like that's a big system to overhaul. I mean, you're I mean, right though. They, it's not This is also an old ass building. So I don't old, know if it's ever been updated. But see that's my point. It's like that's the Chicago way. Old ass buildings have radiators. That's not an, an uncommon occurrence. And it's yeah. also not a huge cost. Uh, yeah. Like, to heat some water and pump it through some radiators and like what how many units are there like 12 uh, in your building no there's seven there's seven floors and there's apartments on each floor there are yeah oh wow yeah not bigger than i thought yep okay so, but still like anyway. that's the chicago way and also one of the radiators was like in this weird like my my restroom has this weird like jet in from like uh, at a, like a pillar or something so like the radiator is right by the toilet so like when i was going to pee in the middle of the night sometimes if i like didn't like watch myself i'd burn myself <laughs> trying to go pee so <laughs> it was it was good riddance in the so restroom yeah, it's so just it's, the living room yeah. doesn't heat like living room slash my entire studio apartment doesn't heat that well anyway 
Uh, so yeah, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's where it was felt. <laughs> Not as good as Chicago. That's where we went. Jesus. <laughs> that was that was like one of, I don't know, ten fun right, facts well, that I have. Let's fucking lightning around this bitch. Uh, eight. I have eight. Eight, okay. eight fun facts. All right. Uh, sorry. Excuse oh, you. Sorry. What were we calling them? Tasty tidbits. Tasty tidbits. How dare you oh, bring sorry. the double F word in this household? <laughs> 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 okay so we covered a saskatchewan um so renee yes why don't you tell me who was originally not only auditioned for samantha james oh okay but was the inspiration for the character interesting i'm gonna go with christina aguilera close it, same, I guess, public image genre. Uh, think a little sleazier and really just porn starish from that era. Hmm. Couldn't have been Britney Spears. Worse. Yeah. Huh. Uh, not Jessica Simpson. Mm-mm. Worse. Uh, okay, oof. I shouldn't say worse. This is this is really just tanking our podcast by offering my opinion on this person once I say it. Pink. Mm-mm. I can't. I'm out of a. I'm out of a guess. Paris Hilton. Oh, interesting. Paris Hilton was the original inspiration for the character of Samantha Jane. Get that. And she auditioned for it. That that makes sense. And uh, apparently she was actually really good. She auditioned oh. and, and, and she was good. But then mm. Anna Ferris came in and she was just a lot more of a comic genius than Paris <laughs> Hilton could have been. Yeah, I would say. Yes. Um, and Paris was just starting out. She was trying to break into acting and, uh, the producers thought that, uh, she had been getting enough attention for the film for the wrong reasons. If she had actually yeah, been in the, the film. hundred percent. Um, it, like it would not have approached 50.9 million if they had right. cast her. Um, it would have made like a tenth of that, if that. So, and then, uh, so Anna Ferris and the producers got together and they started discussing, you know, what kind of uh, pop star this, this character should be. Yeah. And Anna actually asked them, you know, what pop star should, should she kind of portray? And the producers were like, all of them. Like, we, this is just going to be a jumble fuck of all of the like most stereotypical pop stars you can think of. Some would say that's a very broad way to look at it. Uh, Cause it's broad comedy. I didn't get that. Yeah. I, I thought that. so. Yeah. That's why I said the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. You're welcome. So you remember, uh, you remember your boy, Roger Cumble? <laughs> <laughs> that name. <laughs> So Roger Cumble was guys. It's with the K. Get your mind out of the gutter. Anyway, continue. <laughs> on. 
Okay. Roger Cumble. <laughs> what was he again? He was the director. A director. Okay. Yeah. So he co-wrote Forgiveness. Ah, solid. Um, he said, quote, one of the greatest moments of my life. <laughs> 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 it was like my own make a wish. <laughs> oh, my God. Who did he write it with? Uh Usually I'd be like, you guys just do this song. But I was in the high school band that broke up and was never able to do anything like that. Ah. So I was like, nope, I'm getting involved. The freedom to be like, let's write some bad songs for Samantha. It's basically bad Beatles. I wrote a couple of verses and I was able to sing background on it. Oh, nice. All the voices at the end are pretty much me. I haven't heard. I haven't listened to their studio one. I just listen. I just know it. Yeah, I just know the. I just know the movie. I wouldn't. The end I wouldn't credits even, one a no, little bit. But no, I'm, I'm not gonna seek it out. Yeah, but but that's still good for him. Yeah, good, good for him. Okay, way to go, Roger Cumble. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> he went on to have a long directorial career under the pseudonym Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> Uh okay, next one. Yes, tasty tidbit. You know that picture with uh, Anna Ferris's whipped cream and everything? and the banana. and the fruit. Yep. Yeah, she actually did that. Like she I, actually put. That, it's not photoshopped. It's that not does a, not it's surprise not me. Anything. It's that literally her. Yes, behind like one of those old like backdrops for a high school year. Yeah, yearbook photos. Yeah, it's that. That's it. That's all it is. That and does it's not her. Me. Completely topless with the whipped cream and the and the fruit. <laughs> uh, and she was all about it. Of course. She volunteered to do it. She thought it was a good idea. Yeah. She, she was all about it. That's one of the best comedic ideas of this movie. There are a ton that are like, but that right there is legit funny. That photo is like legit funny. It's a great like lampooning of the highly sexualized nature of pop stars. It was well done. And like, it does not surprise me that she was game for it. Cause like Anna Ferris has proven that she is, she has a comedic mind and she gets it. And just like in general as yeah. an actress, which yeah. we could talk about later. All right. Uh, remember the toothpaste scene? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes, indeed. That was fantastic. It, another great like sight gag, which in, coincidentally includes Anna Ferris. So uh, if, you, if you don't remember, the uh, scene is uh, Anna Ferris is drugged up on Vicodin. Vicodin. Thank yep. you. And uh, she's eating toothpaste out of the tube. Yep. With a ice pack, with an ice pack on her, her head. After I think, what would she fall? She from was the second tased, floor at a mall. She was tased and fell off the second floor balcony onto the first floor. So she's recovering in uh, Chris Brander, the main character's old bedroom. Yeah. Um, we should probably give a little more of a background to the whole movie before we begin all these discussions. <laughs> uh, I mean, like if you like if you listen to the first two podcasts, you know we are a podcast that assumes we you have watched this it. movie and know what's going yeah, on. We just get and it. if you just like listen to us, then who gives a fuck about the context of the movie? Just listen to us. <laughs> That's it. 
I mean, we are a hoot to listen to. We are a goddamn hoot to listen to. So, um, I mean, we're famous now. I, we're not. I, we're, we're not. not we're definitely all. not. We're definitely not. I have a microphone. <laughs> that makes me famous. If anything about student body taught me anything, it's that when you have a microphone, you are famous. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Anyway. That's, that's why everyone signs up for karaoke. Because that means exactly. you're famous. Exactly. For those three to five minutes, you are famous. See? You you're bar famous. You get it. Um. Okay, so the toothpaste scene was actually completely on the spot. Unscripted. Interesting. Okay. Um, so she was drugged up, and they didn't know what to give her as a prop. So they found some toothpaste, and he actually said, the, the director, what was his name? Roger Cumble. Roger Cumble. Actually, so just give her like a Bugs Bunny headache. You know, with the, the ice uh, pack. There's a lot of cartoonish yeah. gags in this movie. Because they didn't know so what that, to do. They they were like... That makes a whole lot of sense that he thought of that. Let's just give her yeah. a cartoony headache and then uh, shove some toothpaste in there because they found some toothpaste on set. So she ran with it. That whole, like, her kissing Ryan Reynolds on the cheek with it and, like, smooshing it all over his face in the background, that's all her. Yep. So that makes sense. That makes me love Anna Ferris even more. That just, that's, it completely is one of those things where, like, she did something, they all laughed and popped for it, and they're just like, okay, do that. We're going to get it from this angle. And, you know, like, totally. Like, the the sight gag where she comes up from behind Ryan Reynolds as he's on the phone and then kisses yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. Just like how she has that look on her face as she's coming the up. The insane like, look. Yeah. Or- and then she mastered it, the insane, like, crazy. Yeah, like it was obviously like, she was being so hilarious with the toothpaste that they just came up with that idea as a group, and we're like, we're gonna do this, and everyone was game for it because they were legit comedic actors, at yeah. least film wise. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then of course, as you mentioned before the podcast, who was the, um, who was the the guest star that actually didn't make the cut? Yeah. So. Uh, this is a tasty tidbit I gave to Max because I read it on Wikipedia. Uh, so there's a deleted scene where there's an artist who gets uh, basically cut from the record label or from from yeah, like, yeah, from like Chris has to like um, cut her from the label sort of thing. So it's not like the breakup that he has with Athena at the very beginning, uh, but. Uh, like the but Roger Cumble, the director, kept saying, We need an Alanis Morissette type. We need an Alanis Morissette type for the scene. Ryan Reynolds at the time was engaged to Alanis Morissette. So then Ryan Reynolds. Responded, I still don't understand why. <laughs> well, you know, Canadian. Oh. There you go. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, Ryan Reynolds then responded to the director who kept saying, You need an Alanis Morissette type. He said, I think I know someone. And then they got Alanis Morissette in and filmed the scene. And it did, and it ended up on the cutting room floor. So, you know. But if you, I guess it's a, an extra scene on the DVD, which is how we watched this movie. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was actually not, full screen. Yeah, it no was, black bars today. 
But it we did not, not go through the school. deleted scenes because who gives a fuck? Yep. Why, why, why would we put ourselves through that? So, um, But that is another tasty tidbit, y'all. Yeah. So two more. Two more tasty tidbits. Who? Oh, that ass. Who was originally cast to play... Chris Klein's character, Dusty Dinkelman. Sean William Scott. Let me give you some clues. Okay. At the time, he was a very young actor. He was very little. He was very unknown, little known. Okay. And now he is actually one of the bigger actors. Uh, in a in much more well. Ryan Gosling. No, but you're on the right track. It's in that league. Although he started in another... Oh, another movie we could actually technically do as a rom-com, although it's mostly it's mostly just really bad comedy. Uh, Paul Walker? I'm going to narrow it down for you. Wedding okay. Crashers. Oh, Owen Wilson? Vince Vaughn? Nope, nope. nope. Who is the supporting actor in that? Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Whoa. Bradley Cooper was originally casted to wow. play Dusty Dinkleman. And Wedding Crashers is a rom-com, so we will do that, but we'll probably wait. We, we can wait. That's but always yeah. our wild card. We yeah. Can, like everyone knows. Well, that. Yeah, but we that is totally a rom-com. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So. Okay. That's yeah. that's it. That's a solid tidbit. Solid Tasty tidbit. Yeah, I thought you'd enjoy that. And lastly, it's not surprising, but I thought it was that much more enjoyable to know for fact. Whose idea was it to lip sync at the end with I Swear? Ryan Reynolds. Of course. Of course. Why would would he not? So it was obviously like, hey, we need to get this for... Like, we need to get that intro scene where you're singing into the mirror. And then Ryan Reynolds is probably like, well, how about we just get a full shot of me singing the whole song? They probably went through the song like two or three times. And I said, okay, we got some footage and then moved on. And then they used it for the bloopers at the end. That's that's a simple one. He legitimately requested that I think I should lip sync because he knows the whole song. (laughs) And none of that surprises me. They like the directors and producers all acknowledge that that's all him. They got it in one take. Wow. There are no cuts. Okay. It is nothing but him. So that to me, like that, I love moments like that where you're able to like have a little glimpse into what the real person is like, the real actor is like. Mm -hmm. So to know that that's actually Ryan Reynolds, that just fucking, I love that. That warms my heart because like that's exactly what I want to hear. I mean, because Ryan Reynolds is like is the shit. We can discuss that. Yeah, we can discuss that. But (laughs) Uh, those are your tasty tidbits. I am standing up because I've got to pee. So we're going to take a quick break. Enjoy this little tiny musical interlude. And we're back. Hello, everyone. Did you enjoy that elevator music? Enjoyed that little interlude there for you guys. I'll, I'll pick a good one for you guys to enjoy in your ear holes. 
the tens and tens of listeners. Tens. Yes. So, let's get into the movie. Let's get into the movie. Enough of our uh, bantering. Enough of the tasty tidbits. Enough of our stories. So this was this. I mean, I'm not. I'm gonna be honest. This was one. This is one of my favorite movies. I don't know why. It just hits me. It, it hits me hard. I don't know why. But so, it always hit home with me. Yeah, I, I get it for you because like a lot of it feels like going back to Philomath. Oh yeah, the whole the whole theme of friend zones. Philomath like, is the town that Max. Uh, graduated high school from yeah it's actually it's greek uh for the love of knowledge and the irony is that it's a town of four thousand people in the middle of podunk ass oregon (laughs) the big city near philomath is corvallis which has oregon state university and it's like which is the smaller of the two towns that have universities in oregon yeah yes so that's the big city yeah it's Anyway, so every <laughs> anyway every time I ever went back, uh, every time I ever went back, it was it, it was it was like this. It was it was like reliving that that era of your past from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely hit home, mm-hmm. and and I liked it because it always was real like that. But I also it always like struck something in me every time. Yeah. That, especially I, since my mom wanted to watch it every Christmas too, <laughs> so every time I would go home, I would watch it at home with my mother, and she's like, "I love this movie." I'm sitting there thinking, "This is my life. Like this is <laughs> like I like this movie, but not when I watch it here." <laughs> I'm sorry, mom. I love you. <laughs> nothing against you at all. Absolutely nothing against you. So I actually, from that time I saw it in theaters, I had not seen it until I moved to Chicago in 2016. So there really? was a whole 11 year break where I just had not seen it. And then I've seen it basically around every holiday season since I've been in Chicago. And it's because of you. And also Damn I saw right it with the former boss once as well. I'm glad I could help out. So, that. um, yeah, this movie is of its time. Let's go with that. I think every movie we've watched so far is that. Yeah, I mean, but this especially. So the mid-2000s, like when we were in high school slash middle school, like it, it kind of was like this weird renaissance of like the raunchy comedy of like the 80s. So like when you think back to the 80s, you had like Porky's, you had like Revenge of the Nerds. You had like these raunchy movies where just like everyone was kind of like, oh, hey, you know, oh, like we're going to chase girls and try to look at them naked through a hole and like all and like and then put our pecker through the hole, which is something that happened in Porky's. That's a glory hole. Yeah. (laughs) What you're describing is a glory hole. Excuse me. That's called a me too hole right there. Um, Jesus. Yeah. So like that, that was that kind of inspired the writers and directors who were probably in their 30s at this point making movies for teens in the early mid-2000s. So, like, there was, like, a break in the 90s where there just weren't a lot of movies. Like, 
Then he had this weird grunge era where he had like reality bites and singles and like that was kind of the films of the Generation X like in the in the teenage years for like in like early 20s. And then it kind of went back and then American Pie came out in like the late 90s and then American Pie 2 and and they kind of bore this like, oh, hey, you can find success in the box office making these, you know, raunchy comedies that like have just like this you know like comedy like just well, yeah, but at the same not. time it like it was pg-13 and like it was and it's more in the vein of like national lampoon's christmas vacation where which it, who who starred in those uh that was chevy chase and uh which i did people which i did watch on christmas yeah i i i never I know of the movie. I just haven't like actually, I, and I know parts of that movie. I haven't it's actually okay. sat and watched it. Exactly, it, I'm first, not a huge fan. The of first that time movie you watch it, it's great, and then after yeah. that, it's like, eh. yeah. But you can just see the inspiration behind this film, and so it's not like necessarily reinventing the wheel, even for a rom com, which in and of itself is not a genre that that is about coming up with something new and reinventing the wheel. It's about following the formula well and then adding your little spices. It's like making your own type of fried chicken. It's chicken, it's fried, it's going to be pretty good. Now, what kind of spices and extra stuff can you put on it to make your fried chicken stand out from other fried chicken? I say that because fried chicken is my favorite food and I had it for lunch today. <laughs> so... <laughs> so... <laughs> like, so... With this film, like, there's a lot of good parts. There's also a lot of, like, stuff that just does not age well. Um, which, I mean, is is going to happen with films from this era, you know? Like, uh, like people just throwing around gay and homo as, like, a slur. Yeah. Uh, you know, calling someone a girl because they can't to bang this because they can't bang someone uh, you know just there, there's stuff in there but at the same time with most of the Rob Gobs that we've watched so far there's also a pretty good stuff like there are moments that I laugh out oh, loud yeah. and laugh my ass off on this movie it's it's anyway. uh well because it's it's unique to our time it's unique Very to true. when we grew up it's um I mean we're we're definitely we're definitely going to be partial to this when mm -hmm. we're reviewing it and when we're talking about it because this is, as I already pointed out, even for me from a personal standpoint, this is this is very true to to our generation, to our age group. Yeah. So yeah, it's not a timeless classic. It's not going to exist and be amazing and perfect throughout all the years and stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for people like us that grew up in that era, it's 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 funny as shit. And I'm sure I want to say when, but if genetics ever allow either of us to ever have children, they're going to dig up. We just discussed my romantic ineptitude 
So don't hold your breath. I'm unique in that that aspect. So (laughs) I mean, we're recording this podcast for a reason. She pointed out a hot tub and took me to her bedroom (laughs) with her parents gone before a football game that I was going to sit on the bench for. I I feel like I feel like the next episode we should bring up your New Year's story. <laughs> no, this is lead, this is leading up to these. This is gonna come out in the thirtieth. I, I know exactly. So let's, like, let's fuck it. Let's say it now. Let's, oh god, let's no. say it now. No, no, no. I'll we're say, all, I'll we're say already, it right now. No, we're already no, up to an hour. This is we're already no, up to also, an hour. It's a real quick story. It's a real quick Jeez. story. So myself, Max, and a buddy of ours, Brian Keith. Shout out to Brian Keith. We were in Eugene. Hey, for, Brian. I don't call you Brian. That's weird. Keith. <laughs> You and Jordan need to fucking listen to this episode. At least Jordan does. Maybe you do too. You you definitely do. Hey, you know what's great about what you're saying? You can just send it to him in a fucking text. So anyway. Right. <laughs> Continue, bitch. Anyway. Being so, a bitch. <laughs> we're in Eugene, Oregon. It's a couple years after we've graduated college. Uh, so we're like twenty four ish, like yeah, no, something like that twenty two, twenty three, no, yeah, twenty four. I'd say twenty four. I'd say twenty four. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I think it was the year before I moved out to the Midwest, right? Probably. I think it was like two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Like I was living at my sister's. No, it wasn't twenty fourteen. It was. It was twenty thirteen going into twenty fourteen. Or maybe 2012 going into 2013. No, I was already in the Midwest by then. I think it was 2012 going into 2013. Anyway, that'd be 24. So anyway, time doesn't matter. We're in Eugene, Oregon, which we've discussed Oregon, not necessarily the biggest place. So Eugene, Oregon is probably the third biggest city population-wise. It's only got 100,000 people. It's New Year's Eve, which means all the kids are still out and not at school right now for Christmas break. Or for winter break, excuse Which, me. Even though it was its own little city, it was a little city at best. That and happened to have like, a lot of people during college. Exactly. Without the college the students, year. it really was kind of dead. Yeah. Especially was, downtown. Yeah. It was basically like a suburb type thing that was by itself. Right. And then the kicker on top of all of those other aspects, it's a Monday night. So New Year's Eve is on a Monday night. I didn't remember that. Yeah, it was on a Monday night. We watched an episode of How I Met Your Mother before we went out. Did we? We did, yes, because it was on live. What episode? Uh, It was like a third or fourth. No, it was like fifth season, so who cares? Your memory is terrible. Shut up. (laughs) I will fight you. We will fight (laughs) with two mics. We will fight. Anyway, so we go out and look, we're... We try to go to bars near campus. No one's there. We decide we're all alone anyway. We're just going to get shitty plastered. So we proceed to do so. Then we go to the downtown bars, and there's more people in the downtown bars. So we proceed to continue to get drunk as hell. As we're at one bar, they count down to midnight by looking at a digital clock. This is the sun. This is where we're at. We are not even looking at like TVs a or anything. A digital clock behind the bar. Like a digital clock behind the bar is how we counted down like a It's minute. not like it's. Yeah. But so like we have to get drunk as hell in order to make this night salvageable as far as a New Year's Eve. Because we know the three of us can be fun. 
Yes. Together. Like, yes. We, if we know we'll, we'll make the most of and it. And we're at prime drinking age at 24. So, like, we're going to get drunk. That was, and it's that just was back like, when my metabolism yes. could handle six shots of tequila <laughs> in five seconds. So, as we're at this particular bar, Keith uh, gets kicked out. That's a whole other story. Anyway, get asked to leave. Uh, and so we leave and we go to another bar that's right next door. Um, I So as we're about to get drinks at this next bar, the three of us are standing. Max all of a sudden has to go to the restroom. That was not a fun night. Just though... It's no, that's all you need to know. Just know it's going to be a while. It was going to be a while. It was going to be a while. And it was so. not vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I took it a step too far. We, people know now. People know. People know. Um, so he, Guys, so I want to make you feel comfortable, and I want to make you feel like yeah. close to us here. Yes. Um, uh, this is a safe space. Yes. We're talking about emotional things. Yes. I just... I want to take the first step in that journey. So Max heads to the restroom. I'm standing waiting for a drink with Keist. Keist is loudly talking about how it's bullshit he got kicked out of the previous bar. Which it was. Which it was. In his defense, it really actually was. That's a story for another time. That's a story for another time. It was a bullshit But it was. But but that's not something you talk about. You don't loudly talk about it while waiting to order a drink from a bartender at the bar. We said this was a short story. It's it's coming to its climax. So phrasing. I know. Um, well, <laughs> so basically, as I'm about to get my drink, Keys can't let it go and keeps talking about it. And the bartender was about to make him a drink as he says, "Like I can't believe I got kicked out. That's bullshit." Like that was his like last thing. And the bartender goes, "Wait, you were kicked out from the previous bar? I can't serve you then." And Keys is, you know, Keys throws a fit and like kind of. You know, walks away. So I don't know where Keys goes. Keys actually got escorted out. Oh, I, I did found not out know later. That. I didn't yeah. know that. So he gets escorted very, out. Of the very second peacefully. Line. Like yes, he was like just he like, just they were him. like, you need to, like, can you please just leave? Like, yeah. And Keys does. So. And he does because he's a nice dude. Yeah. And he's just. I had already ordered my drink and basically paid for it. I ordered a screwdriver, so they made it right away. So I have a screwdriver. So you're I'm, sitting there. I'm alone just drinking the screwdriver at the bar at like one, and I'm drunk as hell. I pound the screwdriver because I'm just like, well, I guess I'll go outside with Keith and we'll find out where Max is. And Max is dying in <laughs> Max the bathroom. Max is by dying the way. in the restroom. So as I'm like holding my drink, finishing it up, I notice some girls like sitting in this <laughs> booth. Like it was like a like there's a cushion like chair booth, but like tables and like spaces between it, the tables. It was like so your was own like a little shared, corner of the yeah, bar, right? It's like like a you were shared, all kind of. It's one of those shared like padded seat booths. On a wall. Yeah. So I noticed there's a table empty next to them. It's And so I decide I'm going to go sit at that table because it's empty. I'm going to sit next to him. I'm going to finish my drink. I'm going to look, you know, pull out my phone and see where you're at and then bounce out. While I'm finishing this drink, I see I don't approach girls in bars. I just I'm not. We've already talked about my ineptitude with romance, but I'm also Probably a solid 10 drinks deep at this point. Like a solid 10 drinks deep at this point. At least. At it's least. New Year's. Yeah. And so I see a girl. I don't even re- 
I don't even know if she was like that cute or just anything out of the ordinary. It was just a girl nearby who appeared to be single. And I was just like, you know what? New year, new me. Like in my mind, <laughs> I think new year, new me. We're going to try to hit on this girl and at least just strike up a conversation and see where it goes. Hey, but don't don't get rid of that philosophy. I mean, 2020 is coming up. New decade, new me. Anyway, so I see I lean over. She doesn't notice me lean over initially. And then finally she sees me. She looks at me and I try to start the conversation and I immediately say <laughs> That's all that comes out of my mouth. That is literally the only thing that comes out of my mouth. I realize what I've done. Oh my God. I leave my half drink uh, like screwdriver at the table and I immediately get up from the seat and walk straight out the bar. I do not stop to pass go. I do not collect $200. I run straight out the bar and I go stand with Keith and I just look at Keith. I'm like, Hey, we got to leave. We just got to go. We got to bounce. And I start texting Max like all caps. Like, Hey, we got to go. Like, we just need to leave. I don't tell him I've made a complete ass of myself trying to drunkenly hit on someone. We need to go. And then Max finally got No, no, no. Shit. That's where the night ended. Max did not reply. He did not tell you what was happening in the bathroom. He No, I said nope. he finally got out of the restroom and then we moved on. I, I and did, then, I did yes. finally get out of the restroom, dear God. That was, that was going to end the story anyway. So that's, that's, that's what happened on New Year's. I don't even know what where we went or how we got there. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Hey, this is the whole point of these movies is to bring out um, personal experiences oh. and to like, you know, we make this a safe to, space here. for people. So we we're talking about romantic ineptitude. And then you were, we're, yep. before that, it was because of the whole kids thing. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's because we're talking about kids, and I forgot why you brought up like having kids. Like, did I bring that up? Yes, you're talking about like the genetic possibility of us. Having oh, kids. of either of us having kids. Yeah. yeah, and that if they would ever hear this podcast, dig it up from the vaults of our you know respective garages, uh, then. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I, don't know I, I mean, it's it's been. It's been 20 minutes since I came up with that <laughs> thought, so I, I'm I'm backpedaling here. Um, <laughs> I don't know either. It's gonna bother me. I have to find out. We have to go back. We have to go back. Do we really? Uh, yeah, I I gotta find where we were. So it was um, like because I was talking to like of its time, and then like the storyline. Oh, uh, I, I think it was just something about like that. Our kids will eventually be able to have their own time. Of yeah, they'll have their own time, but they'll also be able to like their see into our time as well. Gotcha. In case they ever care, which they won't until they're you know mid to late twenties minimum. For better or for worse, this um, movie is of our generation. Yeah, it's that's, for, the, that's really all I was getting to. All right, I think that's really all there was to it. We're we there, did it, guys. We got we did it. it, guys. We went through the woods, we but we got, got out the other side. We got out the other side. We took a detour. Whew. We, Guys, we, made it. we fucking made it. <laughs> All right. That uh, was an hour and eight minute long forest that we just got through. 
right. <laughs> to so, the movie we go. You mentioned Ryan Reynolds. I like. I feel Ryan like Reynolds. just talking about like, just him, the characters. We'll bring up. Mean. We'll bring up parts of the movie. There's not a lot to like bring up as far as like the movie itself, like scenes that need to be brought up, except for one in particular that I want to bring up. But like Ryan Reynolds in general, you mentioned your love for him. Like, I I, I wouldn't go that far. I think he's funny. He's yeah, a good guy. love for him as an actor. He's not, a lovable dude. I. I'm not like this isn't some like gay panic here, Max. Like you're fine to say that you love him as an actor. It's look, I've been waiting for a while to talk about this. Uh, your love for Ma- love for Ryan Reynolds as an actor. Let's just leave it there. No, okay, it goes beyond that. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> all right, so this whole thing's gonna get it. So let's talk about <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Like Ryan Reynolds, I know. You enjoy his work, and and you know, and yeah. I thought, I mean, he is at like ultra Ryan Reynolds, like on a scale of one to ten, oh, he is at a ten. Yeah, he's he's for good and for bad. This like, is a, this is a great Ryan Reynolds movie. I this is the quintessential Ryan Reynolds movie to me, and I mean that for all of its positives and negatives. Like he. Like he's so smarmy that like so dickish that it's hard to root for him. You have to dig for the good parts of him. It's kind of the same thing that I mentioned about Hitch, where uh, Sarah and Hitch were so like had the smarmy elite attitude. Which this this movie these movies came out in the same year too, two thousand five. But they had this like elite attitude where they just thought they were better than everyone. Whereas a viewer, it was tough to like really root for them and get on board with it. Right, right. Yeah. It's really tough to root for Chris. Like, like other than he was a bigger dude in high school and made fun of ruthlessly in high school. High school could suck. High school is pretty shitty. Yeah. So that's, that's that's actually where I was going was that our kids can look back and see what it was actually like to grow up in high school for us. That wasn't our high school, like no, but th- that was this this movie helps kind of it gets an idea. It gives an idea. It's it's not timeless because it actually adheres to what kind of culture we grew up with in high school. Yeah, the friend oh, the- zone, the the uh, the the very not it is a very, tasteful jokes. The it is a very mid two thousands reading of a class of ninety five. Like that's <laughs> a ninety five. Yeah, because like my my younger older sister Rebecca, she was class of ninety seven. So like, I think of like her high school class and like what was popular when she was in high school, and then think of this and like. It, there was a very mid two thousands vibe of their like not because the movie was made in the mid right anyway. right, but yeah that's so, why I'm saying it's fitting for us not necessarily for the class yeah I know I get you but like but yeah Ryan like so he's smarmy he's just is very you know Ryan Reynolds and making jokes and and then like there's just like this whole just disrespect of people but at the same time it allows him to redeem himself at the very end when he finally gets with Jamie. Um, And, and all like all that's well and good. And there's parts where, you know, he's, he's funny, but overall, like Chris is tough to root for in this movie. (laughs) 
It's really you think tough. So? Yeah, it's really tough to root for him. Like, you have to think back, like, oh, like, it, he used to be big and he has to have to wear a retainer. And you have to, like, keep reminding yourself of that. Like, that is this just overwhelming thing that makes all of his shitty behavior okay. And then you also have to think he loves her so much that he's performing all this shitty behavior. You have to really make concessions throughout the movie for Chris to be okay with him and what he's doing in the movie. Okay. I would, uh, I would actually say that that is, if you want to look a little bit deeper, okay. Which I did. And I don't, I don't think it's necessarily right. (laughs) I, I like, I like where you're going. Go ahead. Uh, but going off the overarching themes, I I would say that, that actually is that is a nice little life lesson there that and this is of course jumping way ahead well yeah uh but th- it happens we're um, not going to chronological order with the movie around. we we figured out episode 1 that that's a fool's errand no i mean but with the uh the real life oh comparison yeah but we'll jump back to it yeah i would say that like stemming off of the the whole friend zone theme that they've got going on there I would say that his his character is supposed to be like that. That you're you're not able to see his past as much as you'd hope. Like you don't get to live that past. But the whole movie is about him overcoming that past. Mm-hmm. And being true to yourself in spite of what your past may have taught you. Okay. You know, that like your younger self, you there's like everyone has things that they want to overcome everything, everything in in high school and middle school and in your youth, whatever period it was, is always going to be something that you can improve on, especially now with your adult knowledge. And of course, it's going to make it hard for you to root for a character like that, that is completely based on that past fault and then tries to overcome it by um, superficial, yeah, overcome false, yeah. yeah, a false thought. The big job, the the playboy attitude, the the, the horrible hitch like gaslight manifesto. Exactly, yeah, all yeah. Of that stuff. It's hard to root for someone like that, but in reality, that's uh, that's something that a lot of people do. Like they they try to overcome. Defense they, mechanisms. It's exact, exactly. It's a defense mechanism. They try to overcome something by overcompensating, by mm-hmm. going the other direction entirely. Mm-hmm. And in the end, what really makes not only them feel the best, but who they're striving for feel the best is just by being a real self, which, of course... His mom comes out and says, Be yourself, be yourself, be yourself. <laughs> Where's my snow globe collection? Snow globe. No, he's looking for no, his skates. No, he's looking for his skates. Yeah, he's right. like, my snow globe collection. So, uh, to me, like that, I, I agree with you. I agree with your assessment that that it was it was hard to reform at first cuz he does come off as an asshole and even even Jamie says that at the end you're an asshole yeah 
Because he is. He's being an asshole. Yep. This whole time, he's been <laughs> flaunting his perfect life in her face. Yep. He's been showing what a better person he is now that he hasn't come home in 10 years and he's living in L.A. in the show business life. And like, and she lost Clark and Darla's like number. They had to tell him that they got married. Yeah, and he that didn't they even get invited. He didn't even show up at the fucking wedding. Like, but then they just pick up as his friends like nothing exactly. happened because they're good friends. Clark and Darla are good friends. They're fucking top-notch Jer- New Jersey people. And at the very end... I feel like he finally learns Which that lesson. Doesn't and mean much because there's yeah, still New the, Jersey people. The New Jersey, yeah, anyway, yeah. as we were saying, yeah. at the very end, I feel like he learned that. Where like he goes up to the door, he he asks her to take date. her on a yeah. date, and he he kind of like uh, you know bears his heart to her, where he's just real with her, and, and he says, "I want to take you on a date." He's a little over the top. It's a little I, weird, no, but uh, see, I felt like that was redeeming. Like there, as I mentioned, there's slightly redeeming parts that just barely pull it out of the skid at the end. Like one little redeeming part is with him and his younger brother Mike on Christmas Day when they say I love when you. they say I love you, yep. and then Mike hands him a cookie and he takes a bite out of it. Like that's slightly redeeming. Like oh, okay, like they're brothers, they, they love each other because like, they're being real with each other. Yes, they're being they're their real be, selves. Like and then with the whole, you know take you out and like have babies and everything else like that at the end that makes sense because like he doesn't sleep with her when she puts herself out there for him because he doesn't know he like he's scared of which is something else he has to get over the fear of vulnerability and like the fear of the unknown but he also is aware of the ramifications of sleeping with her Especially considering who she is, who him, she is, how him. much and how much he cares for her and that this is not something where he just wants to have sex with her and then move on. Like this is all of a sudden like she mentions being married and having kids in 10 years. He realizes he wants he still wants to be that for her. Like he's known that he's You're wanted right. to be that for her, which kudos to him. Kudos to Chris for knowing that knowing that she's been the one and it, like all that sort of stuff. But so like, I felt that was redeeming as well. You know, it's just, it's really hard to finally get there, especially with Ryan Reynolds, just doing his Ryan Reynolds thing for better and for worse. And, but I, yeah, you're right. I, I, I think, but that was my whole point was that yeah. like over the course of the movie, you're not supposed to really like him. You're supposed yeah. to, you're supposed to empathize with him in the very beginning a little bit, and yeah. then ideally that's enough information to give you basis for the grounds of the entire rest of the movie, when yeah. really it isn't. It's supposed to justify his actions for the, the entire course of the movie. Yeah. Um, but in reality, you know, we all grew up with 18 plus years of that experience, yeah. not the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. No, not even five five minutes of a movie. I know. So. It's four long fucking years. I'll tell you what. Mm. But high school fucks <laughs> you up, man. <laughs> Here's a question as we move to the next subject. Is this Amy Smart's best acting performance? Of anything I, you've seen? I her personally in? haven't seen Amy Smart in 
I know I've seen her in something else, but I haven't seen her in a lot. The correct answer is yes. This is Amy Smart's best performance. I, I'm i only comparing it to... I would believe that, yeah. I'm only comparing it to like the couple of movies I can think of her in. Road Trip, which I saw a long time ago and that I wouldn't watch again. Oh, yeah. Um, she was a smaller role in that, though. Yeah. And, uh, and then... <laughs> <laughs> the part that she's really bad at, Varsity Blues. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stop it, Dad. It isn't funny. <laughs> wow. I could wax poetic about Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues is a top-notch shit film. I love how bad that film is. Oh, my God. You could get me. That is a Patreon-exclusive podcast sometime in the future where you'll get to hear me. Like we can we, play, we will get drunk. We will no, watch that show. What we will do is we watch rem- that movie. <laughs> Remember in college, I created the Varsity Blues drinking game. No. Yes, I created a drinking game for Varsity Blues. Did you really? Yes, and I used to play all senior year with like I played it with Robert Hussman. I played it with Robbie Plowman all the time. Stop name dropping. Like hey, they, <laughs> the shout outs guys. So like, yeah, we would play that drinking game all the time, and we usually. Crush like seven, eight beers by the end of the movie. Damn. <laughs> it's yeah. So you and I at some point we'll do that as a special podcast. Okay. okay. We'll do the varsity legion game. Anyway, this is yeah. I mean I like her in this. Jamie Palomito is my fucking dream girl. Like <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad it doesn't surprise you because it doesn't surprise me either. Like, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Oh my god, this whole movie I'm just going through like, oh my god, I love her. Uh, the slightly emotionally unavailable. Yeah, because it like sums up high school and college so terrifyingly perfectly. Dear God. Whereas like you you yearn for someone that's like slightly just ever so slightly unavailable. Because that's that's all your fucking youth is where you just like crave what you can't have. Yeah. Meanwhile, Samantha James, I'm also weirdly attracted to. Oh, uh, let's get into it. The best performance of the movie is Anna Ferris as Samantha James. She is the saving grace of this movie. When you can't handle Ryan Reynolds being a smarmy dick, she saves it. She is so funny in this movie. She is so good in this movie. During those tasty tidbits that we were talking about, like none of that surprised me because something I was thinking about when thinking about this movie before we watched it tonight and like just thinking of like talking points, I feel like Anna Ferris is... One of the more underrated comedic actresses of the last like two decades. Well, at least based on this movie, she is. Yeah. Well, there's this, there's the movies that I don't think that are that great, but like she's pretty good in them. The scary movies series, like she had her moments yeah. in that. Yeah, but she's like, okay. she she had like house, like there were a lot of films that should have been shitty, but because she was in them, she like elevated them to pretty good. Like. This movie, I felt like she this was one of them. This yes, is definitely, this one, was of definitely them, yeah. one of them. Like, I feel the I'm same. Busy, stupid dick. That is the best scene. That is the best scene. Like, oh my god, just Chris, Chris, Chris. Chris, Chris. I'm busy. I'm busy, stupid dick. 
Oh my god, the line reading of Dick is so good. Like, give her an Oscar for that. Just for that and for the toothpaste scene. It just even the those weird, two scenes, those, yeah, those really do. Even the weird seduction scene of the eighteen-year-old brother. Oh god! Like when she has oil like being put on her, she's like, "Ooh, more, more." Okay, that's enough. <laughs> just the way she's and just there's so much. And then I'm sorry, I'm not poor. I'm sorry. Oh, the whole yeah, the, like the, at the very end. The end yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm not poor. A, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, not a fat ass. I'm sorry, I'm not. Where are you going? going? <laughs> like this, she <laughs> is so fucking good in this movie. She is a really good comedic actress, and I feel like it, like it's just it's forgotten sometimes. Like oh, there's man. a reason why she's had the success she's had and like whenever you see her in something you're just like oh yeah she's great and like it's just it, it like she slept on as an actress i love anna ferris in this movie so much she is the best part 100 percent bar none and she saves this movie and i mean she's way better than chris klein and chris klein's a solid he is he's solid he plays the part well he's exactly what you need him to be he was of the time from like the American Pie movies, so like he he does what he's supposed to do in this movie, but at the same time, like that's all you really need to say about him. He's solid for what he is in the movie, but it's all about Anna Ferris. Yeah. Oh, she's so good in this movie. So. So anyway. Yeah, I mean, we've pretty much covered it. Like, I really feel like I think we covered it. Like this film is like we we've, we've talked it's, a lot. It's, it's a good film. Yeah, I mean, it's it's exactly what you would expect. We're we're trying not to like go even longer than we already have because yeah. yeah. Uh, but we already talked about it a little bit, but the real real, real world ruminations of Max. Well, I don't, I don't want to let's not put me on the spot here. I don't want to I mean, you you talked a little bit about like the whole friend zone aspect of it. I feel well, like that's that's I feel like with friend zoning, I feel like that's more of a an idea of Fear and vulnerability. I was going to say, I, I when I first started taking notes, which, again, I mentioned were an absolute dumpster fire of, of note-taking for this one. Yeah. Which is surprising, considering this is actually one of my one of my more favorite uh, DVD ownerships. Well, um, that's why you didn't have to take so many notes, because you own it and you've seen it. That's true. Uh, I didn't take many. I, didn't, I took, like, three notes for Love, actually. Okay. So, well, okay, that yeah. makes me feel better. Um, I will say that I started out taking notes about the friend zone and my immediate thought was that, you know, like going back in time to when this movie was very relevant in my life and when friend zone was was a very much a an issue that was an issue. <laughs> it was a, it was a threat that there was, you know, there were there were girls that I would that I would date. And then there were girls that I liked, but I could very easily fall into the pit of friend zone with. So like going back in time and thinking back to that period of my life, my immediate note taking strategy was to, okay, let's let's unravel the mystery behind the friend zone because that's what this the theme of this movie is. Okay. And over the course of the movie, I I realized that there's no it's, it's not a fucking mystery. What you exactly what you said it's just about 
growing the fuck up and being vulnerable and letting yourself be who you are and just admitting your goddamn feelings. That's all there is to it. There is no such thing as the friend zone. Yeah, it, there's no mystery to it at all. It, the only mystery exists is because one of you two is being a dramatic little bitch about it. And just stop being dramatic. As the person who's claiming friend zone. Grow the fuck up and let your heart be known. Yeah, 100%. I mean... And if you fail... Fuck it. Move on. Yeah. I. If you don't fail, then it's fantastic. I had a crush in middle school slash high school that I had a crush on a girl for like five years. And I wrote her two separate notes about how I liked her. Liked her. Uh, very school related things. Uh, Sincerely, you're BFF. The, well, and then like in both situations, she acknowledged that she got the notes she did not respond any further to him, and I moved on. <laughs> like that was like okay, yeah. shot my shot as much as I could shoot my shot at that time because I was very scared, and it was like all right, guess it's not happening, and it didn't happen. Shout out from it. Shout out to her. She's married, has a couple kids, still follow her on Instagram. I'm, I'm stoked, and you know she's married to a really cool dude from high school as well. So pumped for them living their life in Oregon. So yeah. And, and for and, me, and that's what it is. It's just like you shoot your shot. You have to like shoot your shot. Right. It, basically friend zone is an excuse for people who are not willing to shoot their shot and accept the, accept the results good or bad. Well, they're not, they're not willing to, they're not willing to be transparent about it. They're not willing to be, uh, they're not willing to be their 100% true selves. Yes. They're not willing to wear their heart on their sleeve and just mm-hmm. be who they are. They're not confident 100% in what they have to offer or what they believe in, in terms of you yeah. know, emotional heart. And it's just, and that that's telling because of the whole, the, the whole reason, the whole idea of friend zone is that you're with someone who makes you feel so comfortable. It feels like nothing you've ever felt before. So therefore you think it's something that's like a relationship worthy type thing. And it's really because, oh, Ugh, you never God, actually yeah. put yourself out there to like feel something of that sort of depth. So you think it's something bigger than it actually is, but that's just what it is when you actually put yourself out there even a little bit. You haven't put yourself out there fully, so that's why it's still a quote-unquote friend zone, but it's really just a matter of Man, you've let yeah. your guard down a little bit, and therefore it feels like this some, it like feels something real. magical. It feels yeah. like something real. And it's like, hey, guess what? If you like let your guard down even more to other strangers, yeah. then it could be something even greater than a friend yeah. zone. It could be an actual fucking relationship, yeah. but you have to actually go for it. You actually it, have to let that guard down. Yeah. 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 Spoiler alert, kids. Yeah. Here's a message from your great-grandfather, Max. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that got me lightheaded. <laughs> Just roll with it. Okay. Uh, we've been drinking. Yeah. Uh, I just finished beer four. You finished glass of wine glass number four. two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but not bottle this time, I will say. 
I mean, well, it's over here. It you're is. Just, you're just well, too it's, lazy it's to been, get it. Yeah. yeah, I have been really <laughs> lazy to get it. See, that's how I control myself as <laughs> yes, I put it the under the couch. That's called moderation, kids. Yeah. You put the wine bottle put the wine away bottle from the you. other end of the couch yes. and use it on the opposite side. Yeah, anyway. It's called gross. That was not the message I had for you guys. <laughs> the message I had for you was, although that is a very good message. Yes. If you want to yes. drink, that's how you uh, regulate. Yeah. I had a thought about regulators mount up. God damn it, I really yes. wanted to pull it. Yes, like, like, I thought that too. Then I felt the need to explain the silence yeah, for a while. I know, I know, okay. I know. I know. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you thought of it too. <laughs> regulators mount up. Yeah, that's a, that's a song, kids. Um, <laughs> like a great grandfather, you're gone. You're going through all your thoughts. I here really and am. And your great grandkids are looking at you like, oh, God. We need and to put like a great grandfather, I lost my train of thought. I put don't know. Yeah, put them in a We home. were talking about fear and vulnerability and putting yourself out That's there. right. And yeah. the, the whole point of it was that if you don't actually take that leap of faith, which is really what it is when you're that young. Yes. If you don't take that leap of faith, it's fine. It, like, that's, that's what growing up is. Yes. But spoiler alert. Later in life, that's what it is. Yes. Like that's love. That's yes. that's what you want out of a true partnership. Yes. That's what you want out of a true companion. Yes. When you feel that closeness, when you feel that true hundred and ten percent friendship with someone that you can be your real true self with, mm-hmm. you don't have to be filtered, you don't have to be any sort of held back. Mm-hmm. That's the person you actually want to be with. Yep. Because that's uh, like, think about it when you were, when we were little kids and your best friend in school was the, the, the person that you, you spent all your time with outside of school or you, you, you did all your hobbies with, or you did all your sports with or whatever. Like I didn't really have a best friend like that, but yeah. I get what you're saying. Well, yeah, yeah. I had friends, but I didn't yeah, have yeah. a best friend. Yeah. Um, shout out to uh, to Sean. He's never gonna hear this, but uh, yeah, he he knows. He knows my best friend. So Why from, from that the, era? The Sean I know. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? He's gonna listen to this. Text Chel- him. Chelsea might. I don't know that Sean would. Sean doesn't have the attention span to look, to carry a texting uh, conversation, let alone listen to a podcast. Yeah, that's very true. Maybe we got him drunk like we did on his 22nd oh, birthday. Oh, which I have pictures of. Ah, <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, anyway, that's anyway. another story in Eugene for another uh, time. Yeah, so that's that's the whole revelation that I had was yeah. that you can, you can deny it as long as you want. You can put it off as long as you want, and mm-hmm. you can close yourself up as much as you want and, and mm-hmm. draw it out as long as you want, but... If you're ever going to find any sort of lasting relationship, I believe personally, I don't know if there's any real secret to love, but if there is, I personally believe that it's just simply finding someone that you really jive that much with. Yep. That you are that comfortable with. That's it. That was real world ruminations from Max with the... God feature damn. feature of Renee because I was also in that, but I need a refill. Yeah. No, as you should be. I don't want to be the only one. Talking. <laughs> well, it's time to talk about what happens after 
ever after. Yeah. So go you ahead and get a, your get you your wine bottle after. and pour yourself you a glass refill? while I go through this. So this one was tough. I usually, you know, come up with like a general idea and then just make it up on the spot. Although with Love Actually, it was a thought that I'd had for years and years and years at this point. Yeah, get that, get that in the. There you go. Get that in the mic. <laughs> uh, so this one. I feel like Jamie and Chris, as I mentioned, Chris is tough to root for a lot of it. So it's just, yeah, they, I, I, they lay it out like almost like it's an afterthought. Like they're going to get together, be married, have kids. And, you know, the only question with Chris is where does he work? Because I don't see her moving to L.A. I see them staying in New Jersey. So I don't know. Maybe he works in New York. I mean, there's, yeah. Maybe they go into Philly. I feel like it's probably they move closer to New York and they're at least like in the same state of the families. But um, maybe they go to New York and he becomes hitched too. So <laughs> my thought on after ever after actually goes to. This is why I don't have this segment. Samantha James. Samantha James. As a character. So, Bitch. you know who came out shortly after this movie and, like, kind of had her first hits as a pop star? Britney Spears? No. Yeah. Christina Aguilera? No. No. I don't know. Lady Gaga. Gaga? Lady Gaga. Really? Lady Gaga, yes. Okay. Uh, so... <laughs> She, are, we, are we Frenchifying this? <laughs> Lady Gaga. So I'm thinking of like Samantha James is like just this whole, this like tour, tour de force of like absolute insanity that just is willing to do or say anything at any time. Like she would wear a meat suit at an award show in this like universe of just friends. Who like, would do that? Samantha James would. And no, who, who would Lady ever Gaga do that did. in real life? Lady Gaga did. I, I know. Anyway. I was, I was being uh, facetious. Like, Samantha James would have some weird, random one-person play at the beginning of a VMAs where she's acting like a man but who's I think was named Tony. Um, that's something Lady Gaga did. Fernando. <laughs> Alejandro. <Yeah>. Ali Alejandro. <laughs> he got on the second try. Way to go. And I don't think that's the name of the character. No, she says Fernando in that song too. It, well, I, I don't think. think she does. Anyway. Not anyway. So my thought is that now Lady Gaga made it all the way to actress in A Star is Born and had okay. Shallow. So I feel like Samantha James, after ever after, basically has the same career as Lady Gaga. Where she has like all these different like awards and like she ends up in like being a serious actress. So I think now present day Samantha James is playing the role of a serious actress who's like, Oh yeah. You know, the time that I like accidentally set my private jet on fire. I was, you know, I was a lot younger then, but I just needed someone to believe in me. And once someone believed in me, I learned how to be like, you know, so on and so forth. And so well, that would that would explain where Bradley Cooper comes back into the mix. Yes, 
and Bradley Cooper comes back in the mix and was That's like, a full circle right there. Yes. And then he was just like, hey, I'm Dusty Lee. And she's just like, oh, you look different. And he's all like, yeah, but hey, I just wanted to see your face. And like, that's no, I, I was picturing he's a brand new character that that she uses to get back at Chris Brander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's definitely a possibility. So anyway, this uh, this one was tough, as I said. <laughs> like after ever after. Tough, yeah. But my after ever after is that Samantha James has the same career arc of Lady Gaga in the his- in the universe of just friends. That's what happens after. No offense, after. Lady Gaga. You should follow our podcast and, yeah. and like it and review it. And, and much like Lady Gaga, she's got, you know, failed engagements and and probably hey. sleeping with a co star when it she's just makes in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> no no offense, Lady Gaga. You should still follow our podcast. Yes, yes. We need totally. some. We anyway. need some celebrity presence. So now it's time for us to give our final verdict on the film. Max Lyon, would you fuck, marry, or kill just friends? Well, I know that it comes as a lot of surprise after the first two ratings that I've given on this podcast. So yeah, far. to recap, he would marry Hitch, and he would marry Love Actually. So I would marry this movie <laughs> because I also own it. Yeah, and, um, yeah, it, it's a good movie. I, it, but I, I also acknowledge that I would marry it because of a. This is more of a. Um, this is more of a marriage on a personal level and less of a uh, red carpet marriage, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> Like the love, actually, like I would marry that movie because I know it's a good movie and I I would recommend it to other people. Whereas this movie, it's like I would recommend it if I knew the person well and I knew they had my similar personality and my similar sense of humor. But I personally would marry this movie because of what it means to me and and uh, from a you know from a personal level. But I also acknowledge that there is room to hate the movie if you're not my personality type. <laughs> I like it though. Like it's a it's a true love. Like you, it's a you true don't love. Care. You understand? Yeah. Like there's faults and flaws, and you love yes. the movie regardless of it. This this really is, I think, the first the first rom com we've reviewed that I I feel like. I acknowledge that there are, are flaws and faults, but you know what? I love it because it, it's it's my movie. It's it's a movie that I personally, as Max, enjoy. I dig it. And it's okay if not everyone else in the world loves it. I dig it. All right. Well, for me, this film, I would fuck this film. It's it's just a good movie to watch once. It'd and be, it'd be a good lay. Like I, I like honestly, I haven't. As I mentioned earlier, I had not seen it until I got here to Chicago, and then I see it with you every Christmas now. And I like that tradition. I want that tradition to continue on. But honestly, 100%. if I didn't watch it with you at, around the holidays, I probably never would have watched it again after that one time I saw it with Stacy back in two thousand five. It's it's not a film I would like seek out or constantly rewatch. There's a lot of warts to this movie, but at the same time, 
there's a fucking performance by Anna Ferris that cannot be denied. <laughs> it is the funniest shit. You stupid dick. So, <laughs> so which actually, I think the first time we watched this together was actually back in Oregon at my mom's. It might have been. Because I was the one that got her addicted to it. And then every and I would come spend Christmas and like you, when would, you come, would come back yeah, to Yeah, you would come Oregon over for Christmas. Visit, yeah, and I'd come over for Christmas. And that was usually the movie that my mom was like, let's let's put this on. Let's fucking eat yeah. some munchies and yeah. Christmas cookies yeah. and drink. Yeah. My mom's the shit, guys. <laughs> she's batshit crazy, but she's the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to edit that or not? <laughs> no, nah, you leave that in. All right, it's being left in. I, I apologize, Miss Palmieri. Don't apologize. She knows she's batshit crazy, <laughs> but she also knows I love the hell out of her. So yeah. Well, anyway, I would I would fuck this film. It's a solid watch. I would you know watch it once, enjoy it for what it is. Don't have to go back to it afterward. So we've just reviewed just friends. I hope you guys are still friends with us at this point. Yeah. It's like, we, hey, <laughs> we love hey. you. We appreciate you. Thank you. Here on Bromancing, we love all of you guys. Yes. This Bromancing the Stone loves you. We love the tens and tens of listeners. Renee, why don't you go ahead and drop our social? Yes. So uh, you can find our podcast on Instagram at Bromancing the Stone Podcast. That's a long podcast. Long username, we understand, but that is where we're at. Uh, you can find, you know, posts of your previous episodes, uh, as well as, you know, we'll we'll try to do more with it. We're still brainstorming shit. We're we're just learning here. Um, yeah, feel free to to use any of these social media as as a way to drop us a line. And, yes, and feel free to communicate to us. Please review, rate. Uh, listen, spread yeah. to your friends. Like, yes. let's get this shit going. If you guys yes. got unique ideas, yes. you guys got future movies you want us to watch, yes. review, definitely DM us, yeah. email us. Well, not email us because we haven't set that up yet. We'll yeah, get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, uh, DM us. But uh, and then also on Twitter, we are Bro the Stone Pod. So B R O T H E S T O N E. P-O-D. So, Bro the Stone Pod on Twitter. You can also drop a line there. You know, DMs are open there. Um, also, me personally, my Instagram is relusa88. That's R-E-L-U-S-A-8-8. And then on Twitter, I am Supermarket Sweep without the R and Super. So, S-U-P-E, Market Sweep. So, you can follow me there on Twitter as well. And then Max on Instagram, I which is the only one I have. I don't have Twitter. Uh, the only uh, Instagram that I have is the Lionhearted, which is T H E period L Y O N H E A R T E D. Yes, so that is where we're at. And as far as next week, you know what film we're gonna watch? You already decided. Well, we talked about it earlier, and I think we're going to pull the trigger on it. I got no clue. What is it? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. 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 
I'm too many wine glasses deep to know what the hell you're talking about. I'll have what she's having. Oh, wait. I know that one. Hang on. Hang on. The fact that you don't know. Wait. Hang on. Hang on. It's when Harry met Sally. Damn it. I was getting there. I was getting there. (laughs) When Harry met Sally is next week. It is a classic. So... Yeah, we're going we're going old school with this one. Yeah. Not that not that any of these aren't old school, but at this point, but we're going outside of our prime before we were even born. I believe this movie came out like, yeah. right when we were born or before. So we'll find out with uh, yes. Renee's facts next. Yes, week. you're darn right. And I'm looking forward to the tasty tidbits of this one as well. So, oh god damn it. I'm sure there will be plenty. Yes, I'm sure. So until then, thank you, thank you, thank you. Love you guys. Love you and have a good night. And uh a Merry belated holiday. Christmas slash holiday slash whatever. Yes. And yes. And happy new year. Yes. Well, Til, this will come out. Yeah, we this will come out on the 30th. Yeah. So happy new year. Cause we won't talk to you before yeah. then. See you in 2020. 2020.